Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jay Grow with Dog 24 7. With me, Kip Adams, Rusty Mansell, Dogs 24 7, and Josh Pate from just 24 7 Sports. He's the man. Yeah. And uh, listen, we're, we're previewing Georgia Vanderbilt. We're going to shoot the. We're going to shoot it around a little bit and talk about uh, kind of what's going on this weekend. We're going to talk about how Georgia can get up for a game like this. We're going to predict the game, and then we're going to let you guys go because we have had quite the ordeal in <laughs> this thing set up. It's a Christmas miracle. I, I'm, telling, right I'm telling you right now, there are about 30 different methods that failed before we got to this point right here. We've changed venues. We've done everything. All right, So, but we're with you. We're committed to it. And, uh, you know, I guess the first thing I want to talk to you, go into a game like this, and I want to hear from Josh first because he's the, he's the guest. We always let guests go first because we always have guests, right? Yeah, uh, but, uh, yeah, I want to I give Josh a chance to talk about this first. Josh, what – Georgia Vanderbilt, um, is there anything that you can learn about Georgia through a game like this? Well, I mean, I think anytime you scan the junkyard, anytime you talk to any Georgia fan, I mean, I got them blowing up my phone all day every day. It's, hey, love what we look like so far. Love the record. Love that 3-0. and but when are we going to run the ball? When are we going to run the ball like we're supposed to run the ball? And it's kind of funny because you're sitting there watching Bama play Florida, and they're squeaking by Florida, and the same thing's being said. And so, like, from my perception, all the teams I've seen so far, you got a clear one-two, I think, nationally, and yet you got the same question kind of being asked about both of them. So stands to reason, if you want to accomplish something here, you know, putting 275 or 315 on the ground, that would be really nice to see. It would be nice to get out injury-free. Uh, it would be nice to just be crisp. And it's also nice that – we're in Nashville, Tennessee, in the oh, middle of September, goodness. and not in the middle of November. That's right. That's Ooh. absolutely right. And you would have never heard a Georgia fan. I mean, maybe a couple, two or three. You'd have never heard one say, "When are we going to run the crazy ball this offseason?" <laughs> crazy. And now all of a sudden, you're like, "Why can't we run the ball?" You know. So it's just, uh, you know, it's, I don't know, man. It, it's the ups and downs, ebbs and flows, and it's not just uh, not just the team that has the ebbs and flows. I think the folks who follow the team, uh, heck, I've had ebbs and flows last five minutes so that's kind of the way I, I roll rusty what can you what can you learn from georgia in the game like i'm gonna this? go with a theme today and i'm, I'm gonna nick chubb okay represent cleveland Darren? and i'll go with the kind of theme of how people rank nick chubb in high school everybody say look this guy's overrated he doesn't play anybody but what nick chubb did was he dominated every week like he was supposed to do so if georgia is truly what the message is are we an elite or are we not elite so if you're an elite team you handle business tomorrow regardless Who's on the field for Georgia playing different spots at the time of the game? When you play Vanderbilt, you're, there's a reason for a big monster favorite. You come in, a focus team tomorrow takes care of business. You get some guys some playing time in the second half, and you get on the plane and come home and get ready for Arkansas. So I kind of related to, you know, with, with Nick, it, it didn't matter who was in front of him. He dominated. So with Vanderbilt here tomorrow, Georgia should dominate Vanderbilt, let's be honest. And that's what you want to see out of a team like this. And that would be the continuance of a trend from the past two weeks, which is Georgia just kind of flies out of the game. Sure. I mean, you know, Alabama's been kind of doing that too. Uh, I saw a stat, something about Alabama being kind of 
you know, point differential being zero in the second half and then blowing teams out in the first. Georgia's been a little bit better in the second half, uh, but they've been really good right to start with. I mean, you look at the UAB game, uh, which is a game that kind of, kind of should maybe shape up like this one in some ways. And then the South Carolina game scoring on the first two drives. Kip, is there anything you're particularly looking for that you think you can learn about Georgia from playing Vanderbilt, a team they're favored to beat by five touchdowns? Well, you know, the talk so far this year has been, you know, now they're airing the ball out. Obviously, they're not really establishing that same ground game they had the first couple of years in a very smart. So the question is, is it a product of the backfield, the offensive line? I think it's kind of a look yourself in the mirror and see what can we do up front? That offensive line last week, you started to see them come together, only allowed one sack. You had three running backs, to, you know, over 50 yards. Can these guys put together another good week of practice and, and carry that over to the field and, and get, kind of get some chemistry together? And I think we've talked about whether they're going to have any changes in, in the, the, the front five in the offensive line. I think this might be the front five they roll with. I think Jamari Sawyer's probably going to stay at left tackle the whole year. You know, we're a quarter into the season now. They haven't really made any changes after the Tate Radley injury. I think this starting five could be the starting five they roll with. And so if that's the case, you want to see them continue to get better out there and kind of establish some dominance along the line of scrimmage. And if not, then they will need to make a change. So you can kind of learn a little bit more whether or not this front five can can win the battle of the line of scrimmage, protect JT Daniels, and and really, really open some holes for that, that ground game to have another back-to-back Good week, you know, as far as cranking out big runs, getting getting some guys, you know, with, with a couple of runs over 20 yards, maybe breaking along and off, and, and seeing if this is the group you're going to go into October with because we know that in a couple of weeks, the schedule is going to crank up a couple of notches. So you want to you have these guys playing smooth football and have some chemistry together, or you want to know what you need to maybe make some switches in there, especially on the interior offensive line. All right, let's throw it in reverse here real quick. I want to go back to Josh here, something he said a minute ago, kind of go up about 50,000 feet because that's kind of where you are. I mean, obviously you're you know, you're from Georgia and you've got a lot of guys, obviously, that you know that are Georgia fans. But, you know, looking objectively at college football, why do you think Georgia clear one of the top two teams in the country, the one with a good win? Right. I don't even so much care about resume. I mean, I'm, we're talking about quality of team. You know, okay. if I were running like like JP Sportsbook over here, I wouldn't really care if you played nobody, you played three dominant teams. It's the quality, the caliber of team you're putting on the field. And I think a lot of times folks get drunk off points for obvious reasons. You know, you've watched the Oklahomas in the past, watched Bama, what they've done recently. But the thing about it is, like, if you've looked around the nation this year, there is no dominant quarterback. There is no – in fact, there is no kind of Goliath team right now. And what I'm saying that for is I remember 2019 – and I remember Georgia, they felt like they were playing good defensive ball down the stretch, and yet they go into Atlanta, and it didn't matter because it was Joe Burrow. There is no doesn't-matter team out there right now. There is no it-ain't-going-to-matter quarterback right now. And so because of that, like, I'm looking around, and I'm asking, who's doing something great? And Georgia's one of the few teams that's doing something great. And it's obviously – like, it still gives you room to build. But, like, if we look at this game right now, for example, the game they're about to play tomorrow, Clark Lee is known for defensive prowess. He's the new head coach at Vanderbilt, for those unfamiliar. But um, but at the very least, what this game tomorrow may do is it may give you a little indication as to how Derek Mason's going to play you down the road or how Todd Grant is going to play down the road. In other words, the way Clark Lee sees your offense and the way he best sees fit to defend you, he's got inferior athletes. But somewhere down the road, someone Somatic, with comparable right? athletes are probably going to show you very similar look. So 
even in a 45 to 10 blowout tomorrow. You could learn a lot, and the coaching staff could learn a lot about what they're going to see down the road a little bit. But back to your question, I mean, it's how many people are doing something at a high level or great, and they're hitting a lot of it so far this year. you got a lot of preseason rankings, and that's a reputation. That's a great point. You don't think that Alabama's not going to watch what Barry Odom did to Ole Miss last year, right. six interceptions from Matt Corral, the scheme they threw at him. That's exactly a great point for what yeah. – what they can do I mean, I think it's already kind of going to do that for Georgia's defense where, you know, I'm sure Josh would put Georgia's defense, especially the defensive front seven, right. in the trusted category at this point. Yep. You know, you talk about – you know that it does one thing well – well, you know, George gave up four plays, 30 yards more to South Carolina last week, one of them against a quarterback that was a GA not too long ago, uh, and it was a great throw, but it was also a guy who beat Georgia's secondary deep. If you're talking about how, you, how do you want to attack this Georgia secondary, then you're not going to sit there and frame your head against the wall over and over and over again and try to run it down Jordan Davis's throat or run it down Devontae Wyatt's. South Carolina kind of got tired of doing that. They had some you know, successful plays up top. Now, they weren't able to hit – about a thousand, you know, there's still not much of a margin for error, even if you take that route. But it's your best opportunity to kind of attack Georgia and and get after them is to kind of try to bite all big chunks of yardage downfield, uh, throwing the football. Um, Josh, we're going to be taking a break here in just a second, so I want to make sure we get this in. Uh, what's Georgia favorite by this game? Thirty-five? Is it thirty-five now? Thirty-five. Some places thirty-five and a half. All right, good teams win. Great teams cover. You know, JP Sportsbook. You said, yeah. You know. You know, if you put it at 35, do you, do you mean, are you worried about losing money? No, still love them. Yeah. Still, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, we run numbers. Now, I'm not betting on it because I hate. <laughs> we run numbers. I hate. We, we, <laughs> me and my mirrors. I got mystery partners now. Uh, they, they wish to remain nameless, but they work in the field of numbers, data scientists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, aren't a lot of them where we're from in South Georgia, but like yeah. there are some that exist. So that model spat out a huge number for Georgia. I get uncomfortable laying five touchdowns in conference play, but it, it, it's fatted out. But Especially on the road. Right. What about, but what about that under? under? What about that under? Just ask, <laughs> asking for a friend. What do you think about that over? Half the team total under. But I'll tell you, like you were so, – so Rusty said earlier, the, the concept of like great teams going on the road, taking care of their business, or doing it at home, whatever, people dismiss that. It's one of the most important things, one of the most important hallmarks. If you're looking for like commonality of past championship teams, that's what they did. It's what got me so excited about Arkansas. Saw last week. It ain't that they beat Texas. It's that Georgia Southern came in there the next week and they ran it up on Georgia Southern. It's people want to discount it when you struggle against inferior teams because they say, "Well, we, we just weren't up for it." The hallmark of a great team is they played with standard every week, and so like that's that's why Kirby Smart will probably not use the phrase "big game." It's just a game, and people think that's Coach Big. It's not Coach Big. It's trying to build a championship culture. So that's what I look for tomorrow. And if I had to, like if I had to bet the side job, it would be on Georgia to cover. Okay. Okay. And you, you, know, you didn't answer that over under. What do you like on the, you like the over under? I think Rusty. Uh, I, I think you need to find. <laughs> do you like the under? Do you like the under? <laughs> I'm just asking. Do you like the under? <laughs> what is the total? Out? I think it was fifty one and a half. I think that's an important half. So I'm thinking Rusty's stone cold. If it's, it's, it's forty two to seven, you're good. But let me ask you something. So right. it's forty eight three. Late fourth quarter, George's got some backups in. You covered all of them in high school, and one of them gets in the open field. Oh, you hoping for turf monster, or you hoping friends for- of mine are hoping for turf monster? Okay, I got you. <laughs> are they wise guys? Uh, some friend, I got some guys from Rome, but they're hoping, for, they're hoping that he gets he got his steps out on the sideline by accident. Rome, so, Rome, Italy. We'll uh, just imagine yeah. that wise guys. All right, let's take a break here, real quick. Uh, and Josh, thanks for joining yep. us. You're going to be leaving here during the break uh, to uh, go to Arkansas, Texas A&M. Yep. Wait, wh- quick thoughts you, on that. Yeah, quick, quick thoughts. thoughts on that, real quick. All, All right, right, so so A&M's favored by five and a half right now, or five depending on where you look. 
it's really interesting because you don't have a big quarterback edge right now with A&M. They're playing a backup. Uh, you do not, I don't think, have an identity edge. Like Texas A&M, when you watch them right now, they walk like someone on thin ice. That's how they've operated because yeah. they don't really have a grasp of what they're going to be this year. Yeah. Arkansas is the total inverse of that. Arkansas would drive the Mack truck over the ice right now. They're totally comfortable in who, in who they are. And it's really hard for me to shake that. Like if you've got an edge at quarterback, I could look at your talent advantage and I can look at all your top-ranked recruiting classes and I could ride with you. But in light of having that, I actually went with Arkansas to win the game outright. Yeah, yeah that, that team kind of reminds me of Georgia 2019. We'll talk about this next week, but a little, little sneaky stat on Arkansas. they got 11 kids that play. They're 23 years old. 11 kids. they got more seniors to come back than anybody else in the country. So you start talking about a team that's focused in the locker room. They know what's in front of them. There's great 18, 19-year-old kids all around the country. But you're talking about some grown men. And you got some, you got some men able to say, my daddy plays yes, for Arkansas. That's right. Yes. That's right. <laughs> so I'm just saying, a very, focused team, <laughs> a very focused team will be coming to Athens next weekend. We'll talk about that all next week, man. Good to have you, Josh. Safe travel, buddy. Yep. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, the big baller that he is, okay? The, 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 the cash money millionaire that oh, Russ that's is. That's okay? cash money record. Uh, he, uh, he's got to go do something else here real quick. So I'm going to throw it to him, Rusty. Prediction, what's going on? What's going to happen? As we told, we're, we're, we're hoping uh, some friends of mine are hoping. Uh, <laughs> you know, we talked about this. Don't have to really beat around the bush. I mean, this will be a game I think Georgia dominates. Uh, you look at – I think the question – the question we don't talk about who travels tomorrow. Yeah. You know, who travels. Uh, does Darnell Washington travel? You know, Dominique Blaylock, are those, how close are those guys? So it kind of tells you a little bit there going into next week, I think, that – when the 70-man roster is a big thing tomorrow, because all, all you beat riders will have first that one. out. First thing out, quick. That would be the first thing. So, you kind of know where people are and that kind of thing. So, I think when, when you start talking about that's a heavy topic for this game, Georgia comes in. Uh, I think Josh hit it on the head. You know, they, they do something great right now. I think Georgia defensively uh, just smothers Vanderbilt up front. And I'm going to go 42 to 7. What's that, 49? Yeah, I'll go 42 to 7. 42 to 7. 42 to 7. <laughs> so, uh, I want to say thanks, though, to Josh, man. I mean, I awesome to have him on and what he does and what he's come from. And, and just watching him work for us is incredible. Uh, his podcast and, and just how how many people, like, ask me about him now. You know, ask yeah. about his, his medium shirt. I mean, everybody's asking about his yeah, wife. You waited until he walked out of the room. I waited until he walked out for dang sure on that. But it's awesome having him, and he's doing a great job for us. Who's yeah. your player of the game? Yeah. Player of the game? Say, I picked Kendall Milton two weeks in a row. And I, and I thought you were about to make it three. I have not made it three. Um, 
thought about this a little bit. You know, I'm going to go JT Daniels. I think JT Daniels will get to take some shots tomorrow. You know, I think I think Vandy's going to challenge him and say, look, you're going to make some plays on the eggs. You know, that kind of deal. Um, the receivers got a little bit got, – got some touches last week. I think, you know, A.D. Mitchell really kind of showed up, really thought about him. But I'll take JT Daniels tomorrow to have a big game to kind of uh, catapult himself into next week. All right, man. Beat y'all upstairs. Go do your thing. I will be talking to you. Go do your thing. Go get a jump start on the on – the, Stay on hydrated, the, my on friend. On the libations. Kip, what you got as far as picks, man? Well, I'm trying to look at this game and see what Vanderbilt does well. And, you know, there's not – it's not a long list, but – what kind of stood out to me first was, you know, their offensive line is not bad. And I say that seriously, just knowing that as far as breaking down what, what aspects of that program have been playing pretty well this year, the offensive line kind of stood out and their size. I think they average like 308 pounds, even though they have, they have a walk, I think a walk on center that's uh, 278. But to say they average 308 pounds tells you that the other four guys are some big boys, especially on the inside. So I think, again, could be – I don't know if they're going to challenge Georgia's defensive line, but they might. They might, you know, provide, again, good film for them to go back and look at next week and see how they perform. So that's kind of something I'm, I'm wanting to see as far as what, you know, maybe a place that Vanderbilt could have a couple wins on some drives and have some clean plays for their quarterbacks and their running backs. And they're also really good in third down defense. So I think this. I came in this game thinking once again like Rusty that picking a running back on the road in the SEC, Georgia's trying to just put, you know, put this game away, get out of here quickly. I came in thinking, you know, I would go with Samir White, but I'm with Rusty. I think Jay, this is a great opportunity for JT Daniels to make some plays down the field. And I think that trying to break down Vanderbilt on, on some third yard, third down situations and, you know, catch them looking in third, third and four, third and five, maybe some, some, some toss actions, some, They've really started to do well with both the play action and when they're rolling JT out. They've had some success with him looking down the field, and I think that's going to continue. I think he's going to have some big plays. I think he'll, you know, maybe throw for for two seventy eight and two touchdowns. Uh, you know, they they scatter three touchdowns across the backfield, have another defensive score, and uh, I think they. I like uh, I like Josh's score he mentioned earlier. That kind of stuck out in my mind. When I started thinking about this game today, I got Georgia uh, winning this game forty-five to ten. All right, I, I, you know, I look at this game and I think it's one Georgia can absolutely take advantage, like take control of early. And it's not because I, maybe they do have a defensive score. I think there might be a special team score coming because Vandy is bad. You know, very limited sample size, but they've been bad when they've had to cover kicks. They've been really bad when they've had to cover punts. Georgia does such a good job of getting the punt return started that I, and, and Kiaris Jackson is kind of coming along there. Um, I, I think that's the way, you know, you score, you come out, you get a defensive stop, you return a punt for a touchdown. It almost feels like game over. And uh, that's, that's kind of the way I look at it. Uh, I think this is a game that Georgia should control throughout. You know, when you look at, not only when you go back and you look at Vanderbilt as a football team and you watch them on film, but when you just look at the numbers, I mean, this is a team that's kind of gotten dominated this year in a lot of ways, and uh, I, I don't think that's going to stop. You know, maybe there's a little bit of a sleepy start, but I, I kind of expect Georgia to get the run game going. I expect the pass game to be efficient. I expect Georgia to win special teams and defense. And, uh, you know, I, I think that this is one of those, because of the fact that there's a limited roster, there's only 70, 
you're not going to see the 90th player. You know, you're not going to see the, they're, they're going to give guys that played the last two weeks that didn't make this trip. And uh, I think you're going to see more guys in the game longer. Uh, you're going to see bigger plays. Um, I, I've kind of, kind of tossed around two scores, but but the one I like the most, I think, I like 55 to 6. Okay. I think Georgia's going to kind of really, really run away with it. And uh, I like Karis Jackson to be the player of the game. Uh, you know, you're talking about a guy that, you know, listen, one of the guys I heard the most about this week behind the scenes as far as, you know, the progression he's made for the past couple weeks is Karis Jackson. That's really good news for Georgia's passing game. Um, I think you're looking at a touchdown on special teams, maybe a touchdown um, on uh, on offense as well. Uh, folks, thanks so much for uh, tuning into this show. And, again, you have no idea uh, the headache it was to, uh, to to run around and make this happen, but we weren't going to not make it happen because we really wanted to do this live we were, in Nashville. We were close enough. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, maybe we're a little closer than I thought. We were throwing our hat up and saying uh, forget about it. But, listen uh, – Subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, you know, definitely. You know, tune into the live shows. Watch them later. Tune into the podcast. Uh, you know, get, get uh, obviously you can get the podcast wherever you get them, with uh, iTunes, Stitcher, all of that stuff, uh, Spotify, and uh, we'll be back with you. Well, I guess Kip or myself or Rusty, one of us, will be back with you after Maybe the Jordan. game on Saturday. Maybe Jordan by himself. Who knows? <laughs> Jordan's the man, so he might try to do it himself. But one of us will be back with you Saturday after the game, and then obviously we'll be with you starting on Monday uh, for our three shows next week. But for this episode of Junkyard Dogcast, it was Rusty Mansell, uh, but he's gone. And Josh, Josh Pate. Yeah, these guys are too important to stick around and, and finish. Uh, but uh, Kip, myself, you guys take it easy. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.